Everett's greatest hits, sports, and more. KRKO Everett. Yes, you're not hearing things. It's not a Thursday night. It's a Wednesday night in downtown Everett. But for the next two weeks, we're doing Wednesday night editions of Prep Sports Weekly here on KRKO. Tom Lafferty here, socially distant from Steve Willits on the other side of the glass. Every, oh. Everything's backwards. Oh, you even played a rainy night by Eddie Eddie Rabbit a minute ago, and it's, it's not raining. perfectly clear out right now. I just I came know. in. That would have been a great song yesterday, by the way. But Yeah, yeah an unusual Wednesday night for us. Like you said, two weeks in a row, we didn't want to have to – be here on Christmas Eve. Not that we don't like talking on the radio on Christmas Eve. I think we'd just rather be other places and yes, we would. join meals and <laughs> festivities and such. So, and what do we have on the show this evening? On the show tonight, we've got three different sets of guests. Uh, in just a moment here, we're going to be talking to the Huffman boys, uh, one of which has been on the show before. The other one is uh, is new to us here. We're going to talk to Brandon Huffman. He is the national recruiting editor for 24-7 Sports. Uh, great guy. We've had him on. I think he, I think it's been a few uh, few years now since we've had him on with us. We've certainly run into him at football games and whatnot. Very uh, knowledgeable. Works with a lot of the local kids as well as nationally for high school football. And just an all-around great guy. So we're going to talk to him along with his son, Cade, who is a freshman at Auburn Riverside High School. Knew we wanted to have Brandon on at some point because, obviously, National Signing Day was last week for some of the sports, and he's always a great resource to talk high school football. But also, uh, this week I just happened to be uh, cruising through social media and saw that both of these two gentlemen, along with a few others, were up in Alaska over the last few days at a showcase up there. So we're going to talk to them about that a little bit and and other subjects as well. Uh, Later on in the show, we're going to talk to Corey Gibb, who is the girls' basketball coach at Jackson High School. Uh, Corey and his uh, his team doing some wonderful things in the community here during the holiday season. So we'll catch up with him and talk about that a little bit, as well as the the Timberwolves basketball team. And then finally, on the last uh, segment of the night, a friend of ours who has never been on Prep Sports Weekly, but somebody who you've known for quite some time. I've only known for a, a, just a couple of years here now. But Chris King, who I believe is a Marysville Pilchuck alum, is he that is, correct? He is. Yeah. He uh, he's been the voice of the Tri City Dust Devils for the last few years or last decade, I think baseball team that plays in the Northwest League against our beloved Everett Aquasox. Chris has also been the voice of the University of Idaho Vandals men's basketball team, and as of last week, was just named the new play-by-play announcer for the men's football team over there in in Moscow. So I thought it'd be fun to catch up with Chris and talk a little bit and kind of find out his background and how he got started and see what he's up to these days. Also another great guy, so we've got some really fine people to bring onto the show tonight during the holiday season. Always a plus. Plus us. Well, yeah. The fine people and us. Fine people plus us. Yeah, exactly. Today's show brought to you by Hometown Handyman, Screen Printing Northwest, the law office of Russell and Hill, the Buzz-In Steakhouse, Glass by Lund, Ace Hardware Stores in Lake Stevens, Everett, and Stanwood, Everett Safe and Lock, and Allstate Insurance Agent Brian Reed. Let's get going. Yeah, let's get going indeed with two gentlemen who, uh, although it seems cold to us outside right now, I think these two are probably feeling as though they're in a heat wave after where they've been over the last week. Brandon and Cade Huffman joining us. Brandon, uh... We've had John before. Thank you for for joining us tonight. I understand we're we're going to introduce somebody new to the show tonight. Who's joining us with you? Yeah, my son Cade, who uh, is a freshman football player at Auburn Riverside High School, uh, 
who has been going to numerous camps and football events over the years, and now as a football camper himself, is joining me on the show. And, and Cade, well, Cade, let's start off with a fun question here. Are, are you guys ready for for Christmas right now? Obviously, you and Dad have been away for a, a few days up in Alaska, but how, how's the family doing in terms of being ready to go here for December 25th? Good. I'm excited. Um, the rest of my family is. My little sister is probably the most excited to open the presents. <laughs> as, as a kid, the best part. Always so, something fun there, right? Yeah. Well, and yeah, let's before we get into these these invitationals and these camps, Brandon. I want to I want to ask you the the question that I always like to put in front of you if we have you on, and obviously want to give you the platform here, and I'll ask it as kind of an open ended question because certainly I don't want to. You've handled this probably a million times, and you know where to go with it, but. We're going to talk in a moment here about uh, a showcase that you were just at called the Avery Showcase. And certainly when I follow you on social media and I follow any of your content, I, we're constantly seeing Avery Strong as a hashtag. Tell us a little bit about what that what that means to you and who Avery was and, and how, how you're keeping her memory alive through all of this. Yeah, I appreciate that. So Avery was uh, six years old in 2015, just finished kindergarten. My, my, their, our, my wife and Amanda and I's third child. Um, Kate's little sister, and she was diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumor on June 30th, 2015, that is known as DIPG, and it's a terminal form of brain cancer that there's no known cure for, and essentially when we went to the doctor to get her diagnosis, the prognosis was, you've got six to 12 months, go make a lifetime of memories, and for seven and a half months, she bravely fought this cancer that within a week took her ability to walk paralyzed her on her right side and made her wheelchair bound for the remainder of her life. And she passed away in February of 2016. About three months after that, a man and I and our family started the Avery Huffman DIPG Foundation. And our entire mission was to essentially use her legacy and her story and her bravery to inspire others to join us in the fight back to find a cure for this disease and to fund research and you know, people that were looking for a cure and trying to find a cure. So no family had to hear the prognosis we heard of. There's nothing that we can be, we can do. There's nothing that can be done. Go make a lifetime of memories. Our mission was for that family is if they ever got this horrible news, would hear there's something that we can do. And so in just a little less than five years, even in a, in a year in a pandemic, we've raised nearly $800,000 for DIPG research and uh, funded different projects around the country, different doctors and hospitals that are trying to find a cure for this. And it's been you know, very inspirational to see how much Avery has inspired others. Despite her passing away four and a half years ago, others are still moved by her bravery and her fight. And it's allowed us a platform to share her story while also being a part of a number of football events all around the West Coast. Well, very cool. And we know we should also point out, obviously, it's, it goes beyond sports there. And I know a one young lady who we've had a chance to get to know a little bit here on the radio show, Emily Hood from Edmonds Woodway, a wrestler over there. She's yes. been on our show a couple of times. And I know also In fighting. Fact, Emily, Emily was the first, was our, our very first ever winner last year at our gala. She won the Bravery Award at our gala in 2019 for her fight against the IPG. We've gotten to know Emily and her family and just an incredible fighter herself. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, for – I know life expectancy and whatnot. I know she's already exceeded quite a few of those marks, and certainly a lot of the work that that you and your family are going toward and doing towards DIPG going a long way to make it to where she can get the treatment she needs, and others, and certainly uh, those coming up behind her. So we certainly commend you for all that you're doing there, and, and thank you for that. 
And, and Cade, for you, I, I've got to think when, I mean, I saw you and your dad posted a picture here, and then we're going to post it online later on, the two of you up in Alaska together, and you're, you're wearing the Avery Strong hat. You go to this camp, you're participating, and you're also working, and there's your sister's name all over the, the front of this thing. I, I've got to think that's, that's special for you as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's great to represent. Um, it's fun to compete, but it goes beyond that, like you said, to like the camps are there the players are there to represent the foundation and yeah like i said it's just it's fun and it's great to know that we're doing it to, to support a great cause oh definitely now brandon your your uh, your title is national recruiting editor at 24 7 sports and if anybody wants they should definitely check out 24 7 sports.com it's the numbers 247 then the word sports uh it sounds like you're doing a lot more than recruiting at times, though, too. What what exactly was this, this showcase up in Alaska, and why December of all places? That's got to be a little bit chilly up there this time of year. I figured that the best time to get the full experience of Alaska is right in the middle of snowy weather in the teens and on those four- or five-hour days. And you decided, hey, let's go right do it in December. And, you know, really what, what it was about, it was Taylor Barton, who's a former University of Washington quarterback, uh, he's been a longtime friend of mine, and really one of the very first events that supported our foundation, not more than maybe a month after our foundation was founded, he did a number of events in California and along the West Coast that were the first batch of Avery showcases. And so, you know, here I was three, four months after Avery passed away, and I was already immediately able to share her story at a couple of events in Southern California and Northern California in the Seattle area. And, he, over the years, has really been moved by Avery's story. He's been one of our biggest supporters of our foundation. He established the Bravery 7-on-7 Association in 2018, and it's basically our biggest single funder uh, of our foundation over the last three years is the Bravery Northwest Tour. And his, her picture is you know, plastered everywhere at these events. There's tents with the Bravery logo, the Avery Strong logo, uh, to the hashtag that became popular when she was fighting her battle. And so... Over the last few years, it's expanded to not just be seven on seven, but to and to be camps, but really, you know, to get into kind of the outpost that people aren't going to, and that's into Idaho, going into you know Eastern Washington, and now Alaska. So, uh, one of the programs that's a part of the Seven on Seven Association reached out and said, "We want to do a camp in Alaska. Is this something that you guys would be interested in?" And Taylor said, "Let's do it." Asked me. If I'd be interested in going to Alaska in the middle of December, I thought, what the heck? Why not? 2020 has already been crazy enough. Let's do it. And it was awesome to see. You know, Alaska got to play their season. They started their season in August, and their season concluded in October. So they were able to one of the few states out west that was able to play football this year. Uh, but they only had a seven-game season. And it's hard for coaches in a normal recruiting cycle to get to Alaska. And most of those players in Alaska have to come to the lower 48 to be evaluated, to be scouted. So we figured, hey, let's go to them. And there were nearly 100 kids that were there for two days at this camp looking for an opportunity. And I was able to see a number of guys that I think can play at the FCS, FBS level. Already had a couple of schools reach out to me asking my opinion about guys. And so this could be a you know, huge event for those kids to get noticed, but then also an opportunity for us to take every story to another state that had never really heard about it. On the football side of things, now, are you are you videotaping when you're up there? I mean, how – obviously, I would think from the – the uh, prospective athlete standpoint, they, they want to get noticed by the colleges, right? So is it just a matter of you and 
and Taylor and some of the other folks up there analyzing them, critiquing, writing down notes, and passing it along to coaches? Or are they invited to come in and watch? How, how does that work? Yes, it was a little bit of everything. There was photos, there was pictures, there was you know my notebook that I wrote, the, just the text messages, direct messages I was getting from coaches asking, hey, are there any guys in Alaska that we don't know about? And I'm like, there's basically the entire state you don't know about. But here's some guys. And so it was an opportunity for me to get a chance to see these guys in person. They were able to get their height and weight measured. They were able to run the 40, do a shuttle, get their wingspan and their hand sizes measured. So now you're getting accurate measurements. You know, you're not getting a kid who's listening, I'm 6'6", 300 on his Twitter bio, and he's 6'3", 290. You're getting actual measurements. And so, uh, again, one of the biggest losses with the pandemic was the spring evaluation period, the summer camps. So coaches didn't have an opportunity to get a chance to really eyeball these guys. So we were able to go and, and really get accurate measurements, accurate 40 times, accurate shuttle times, film their clips, and make those available to college coaches who are looking, you know, coming up a couple days after the signing period ending, they're maybe still looking for a guy or two, or maybe they're starting to look like, who are some 2022, 2023 sleepers that nobody knows about that we can start getting on. So that opportunity gave us a chance to – take notes, see these guys, evaluate them, and really just get kind of a better idea of their ability based off more than just their huddle link. So how, what kind of talent do we have up in Alaska? I mean, obviously we, we follow them a little bit. Every so often you'll, you'll see a name here and there at the D1 level, and you'll see a bio, and all of a sudden it shows that kids from Alaska don't see it as often as maybe other states, obviously, but uh, what kind of talent were you looking at? Yeah, you know, it was kind of interesting. There's been three Division One players to sign out of Alaska in the last five classes, uh, counting this year. Um, the player who was the number one player in the state of Alaska in 2020, Alani Makahili, is from Anchorage. He plays at UNLV now. He actually came to the camp to support. So you, you kind of had, you know, visible proof of a guy who had played at the Division One level that kind of represented all of Alaska come back and be a part of it. So, you know, there, there may only be one or two FBS signees a year, but they've had a number of guys. There are a number of players there that had FCS offers, Division II offers, Division III offers, NAI offers, and some underclassmen that, you know, over the course of the last few days, I've noticed that their Twitter followers have started to increase into a number of colleges from all the way from the Power Five down to FCS schools. So I said realistically, I saw about six to eight guys that I think I can – you know, firmly put a, you know, FCS or FBS evaluation on. And there's a number of other guys that are probably more D2, D3, just because of the size and skill set. But there's a number of players there that I thought had a chance to play at the next level. And a good six to eight of them I thought that could play at the FCS big sky level or even above. So do we have the next Mark Schlereth? See, see what I did, Steve, there? A, a guy from Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope so, because if, if they did – you know, I, I got a, a good name for that. Isako Manu, who was a 6'6". This is what's so impressive. He was 6'6", 292 pounds. He had an 82-inch wingspan, 10 and 3 quarter inch hands, and then he ran a 5'09'40 uh, at 292 pounds. And, you know, here's a guy who really only had a couple of smaller schools looking at him. And then immediately, now I had a few more schools, Mountain West schools, Big Sky, Pac-12. Hey, how big was he really? I'm like, these are accurate measurements. And they're watching the film and, they're intrigued. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be a future multi-year starter on a Super Bowl team, but that's my pick kind of for the next guy from that group on the offensive line. Then another kid, Deuce Zimmerman, he was hands down the overall MVP, and almost immediately I think there were some schools that started to follow him. 6'2", 185 pounds, ran a 4'6", 40 on artificial turf. It wasn't even skilled turf in this dome. 
on a laser. So some guys that their entire futures might have changed a little bit just by getting these good measurements. I'm going to follow the name Deuce Zimmerman because I can actually spell that one as opposed to the, the first one you mentioned there. But, yeah, certainly some names to, to keep an eye on. And, and Cade, now, did I understand correctly? Now, you were up there halftime uh, athlete, halftime working with Dad. Were you doing a little bit of everything? I was. So what was that experience like for you, and how hard is that for you? You're trying to you know do your own thing and go through these drills, and then what were some of the responsibilities you had at the, the invite up there? The showcase. I thought it was great. I got to compete with a lot of the other athletes up there, but I also took a lot of pictures from my dad. It didn't really come out great, but I did them. <laughs> so, so now, when when dad watches you, Kate, is he is he watching as a, a recruiting editor slash analyst, or or does he kind of take that hat off and and be dad? What what is it like when no, when you're running in front of Brandon Huffman? I think it's both. He he likes watching me as a dad, coming to my games, coming going to watch me play. But I think. It's more of a dad, more as a dad than as a recruiting editor. Now, is this something that you would like to, to do down the road? Obviously, you've got four years of high school still. You're just a freshman, and certainly you like to make your own mark as a, an athlete, but maybe could you see yourself following in, in dad's footsteps? And do you guys sit around and already analyze athletes together? Oh, yeah, we definitely do that. Um, I can definitely see myself doing that in the future or something in that class or category, but anything football is just what I want to do. <laughs> Brandon, it's got to be fun for you to to see Cade going through this process, and not only watching him as as an athlete now, but also knowing that he's helping you out at these in uh, these showcases. What is what is it like for you? You know, it's been a blast because I've been taking him to events since he was probably in kindergarten. You know, I remember going to seven on seven tournaments, and he's I look over and he's tossing the ball with Buda Baker and Miles Jacks running routes with him, and you know, even three or four years ago when Sam Kira was a freshman. Kate's walking into the parking lot after the event saying, man, that lefty throws the prettiest ball I've ever seen. And three years later, Sam and Kate are working out together at camps. And, you know, Sam's saying, Kate, get in my line. I want you to be my receiver. So you, you kind of watch him. He's been able to see these guys develop as players. He's gotten a chance to see these guys that are playing on Sundays now. He's watching when they were in high school. So he's seen their work ethic. He's seen how they developed, how much, you know, energy they put into this to become the best. And I think it's motivated him. And he also knows that, you know, there's no bias there. I mean, I've already told him, like, if he ever had an opportunity to play at the next level or if he got recruited, you know, I'm removing myself from ever writing about him, from ever evaluating him. Greg Biggins and Blair Angulo, who's my longtime colleague at 24-7, he's their problem because <laughs> I don't ever want to get into having to do that because the dad in me might be a little harder because I was the son of a coach myself rather than a lot of dads that I deal with that are – you know, very biased towards her son. I might be a little, well, you know, you didn't do this great. You didn't do that great. And so I decided to remove myself. But I got a few years till I have to worry about that right now. I'm just letting him, you know, enjoy being a freshman in high school and hopefully get a freshman football season. But really just kind of fun watching him go from this little third grader who is running around kindergartner at these camps to now playing at these camps. It's been kind of a, you know, a, it, it happened quick. Life comes at you fast. And, Cade, one of the perks, you get to travel a little bit, too. T tell us a little bit about just being up in Alaska and that experience, especially this time of year. I mean, we, we joked about how cold it is, but certainly to go to Alaska right around the winter solstice, uh, an experience that not too many people can share down here. Yeah, Alaska was really cool. It was, it was cold, but we also got to do a lot of things that not a lot of people have said or will be able to say they've done. Like, we went – I did a uh, uh, dog sledding. Um, we got some nice views, got some great food, 
and then we also got to compete at the showcase. So it was it was a great experience. Yeah, the dog sledding was high on my list here to talk to you guys about. So what was what was that like for you, Kate? Had you ever had you ever done anything like that before? And as somebody who has seen it on TV but never even come close to experiencing it, tell me a little bit about that. It was very it was great. Um, nothing. I've never done anything like it, but. It was. I got to do it with my dad. We we're on the same sled. We both got to steer. We both got to sit and take videos, and it was it was really fun. And Brandon, did I hear this correctly, or did I read this? I mean, these weren't exactly just any just run of the mill house down the street that you were working out of here. These these were true professional Iditarod teams, right? Oh yeah. I mean, the the, the company that ran the outfit that we did it at. The the guy who has his name under his one I think four I did a rod his dad's one three so when we were at the at the facility the our team leader she was taking us around and introducing us to all the dogs and she's like oh this is like the LeBron James of I did a rod this is the Tiger Woods this guy won the Golden Nose because his nose crossed the finish line the first and that was the guy pulling mine and Kane's um, sled so we had you know not only do we have a, a, a working active just dog sledding company that was doing it we had those dogs that have won the Iditarod that have done that long ride they were the ones actually pulling us so I mean I figure that if these guys can run 800 miles the four and a half miles they took up we were probably a a walk in the park compared to what they're normally used to it's the first time I've ever heard the term LeBron James of Iditarod dogs by the way so (laughs) very very nicely done Hey, hey, we'd be remiss if we didn't have you on the radio show here and not talk about National Signing Day last week. And I guess, can you kind of explain this to some of the listeners and maybe even fill me in a little bit? I, I have a little bit of an idea, but it, it seems as though a few years ago, the main core of athletes would sign in February. There's there's now two signing days, correct? Mm-hmm. There's, there's two. The early signing period, which is a three-day period in December, and then the National Signing Day, which is the first day, first Wednesday in February, but technically goes for about two months until April. Now this is—it's become more commonplace, more and more as as we start to move forward. That athletes are, are in fact signing more in the fall than they have ever before. Correct. Correct, and I think it's partly because more and more players are enrolling in January, getting to college as soon as they can to work towards their degree, but also be on a college campus and trying for spring football. So you've seen more and more guys. Just the, the process has been so sped up in years past that players are ready to decide much earlier. They don't need to take a five official visit. They've been taking unofficials for two or three years. So they're ending the process much sooner and they're putting their pen to paper as quick as they can. And that has typically made the December period. I think 80 to 85% were expected to have signed last week of all FBS signings. And I think we're going to continue to see that trend upwards. How much of a disadvantage are some of the Washington kids at right now without having had a season? Oh, it's huge. You know, you, you look at, the quarterback that USC signed on Wednesday, Jackson Dart. You know, they, they say a lot of times your best ability is availability. Well, he went and played a 14-game season, won a state championship. He went into the season, I think, one offer. By the time it was done, he was choosing between a majority of the Pac-12 South schools, ultimately chose USC, largely because he didn't have a lot of other quarterbacks competing against him. So you take the guys that have had the opportunity to get senior film and to play before – the early signing period, and they had recent film. Now you take the kids in Washington. I mean, now they're even in a worse position because if the NCAA doesn't move the second signing period further back from February, and right now all signs are indicating that they're going to keep it in February, by the time the season comes around for Washington players in the 2021 class, signing day is already done, and coaches have already moved on to the 2022 class. So there, there are a number of players that we've seen over the last two weeks 
2021 prospects that I think would have had a big senior year that would have probably netted them more offers. They took kind of the burden hand and took preferred walk-on, some from Washington State, some from UW, but mostly because there is no guarantee of a season and they wanted to at least jump on those options, even if it was walk-ons and the scholarships weren't there before the season got pulled out from underneath them. So because of that, consequently, do you foresee maybe next year more Washington athletes going the junior college route and trying to get them? Obviously, we're at a little disadvantage up here as well because we don't have junior college football in Washington, but where, where do you foresee some of these athletes going if they don't have that opportunity that might have been lost from them due to the fact that they didn't have a fall season? Well, I think a school like Central Washington could end up seeing their kind of the, the caliber of player really improve Eastern Washington as well where, you know, the UWs, the Wazoos of the world, even the Oregon, the Oregon states that normally recruit up in the Northwest, those types of schools, they may not be bringing in the top, all the, you know, the, the top guys or the second tier guys that allows central and Eastern to maybe benefit from that. And then that triggers the Linfields and the Whitworths and the PLUs and the UPSs, the opportunity to get even better players themselves. I think more guys are just going to go the route of playing at a smaller school rather than run the risk of going to a JUCO because now with JUCO football, they too push their season back until the spring. And now a lot of these JUCOs are having the issue of too many guys coming in with their roster management. And that's one of the big issues that a lot of the FBS programs are going to experience is the roster management. How many scholarship players are they able to keep on and the schools on the hook to pay for all those guys with the NCAA granting this year of eligibility, more schools are trying to figure out how are we going to afford this? So I think instead of a lot of the Washington teams going the JUCO route, I think they may end up going a smaller college route just to ensure they have an opportunity to play at a four-year school because I think JUCOs are going to just be as overflowing just as much. Sure. So on a more of a positive note here, let's talk about some of the names that did sign. Uh, obviously, there are some very big five-star caliber players that we had in Washington State this year. But first, let's just start off in our region here in Snohomish County and maybe just some of the surrounding areas obviously one name that we know up here is josh mccarran from archbishop murphy uh, a player we've had on our show a couple of times an outstanding young man uh, signed with virginia not a not a big surprise there but until you actually see that pen go to paper it's it's always still kind of a fun thing well especially when you consider that he had a number of pac-12 schools that were still after him washington state coveted him cal really wanted him he also had boise state on his short list he committed earlier to virginia and you know, there was a feeling this year, this cycle more than any, that if guys were worried about the pandemic, they may stay closer to home. Instead, McCarran goes to the other side of the country and really stays loyal to Virginia, where I know that there were Pac-12 schools still kind of kicking the tires. They're saying, hey, just how solidly committed are you? But he instead chooses to go to Virginia, sticks with them, signs with them. And I think that's obviously a huge get for Virginia, and it kind of shows the value of that Virginia academia where it's you know, considered one of the premier public universities in the United States. I mean, imagine being a kid from Everett, and you have the opportunity to go to Cal or Virginia, two of the premier public institutions in the, in the world, really, and you're going to have that paid for. And so, you know, Washington State has kind of a family, so I think his mom went to Washington State, but Virginia has had a really great turnaround under Bronco Mendenhall, former BYU head coach. He knows this region, and I think McCarron just really found a great fit for him, and I think he's going to really flourish there. And that's a big get for Virginia, who really has a hard time recruiting, or historically has had a hard time recruiting nationally. That's about three classes in a row since Rocco Mendenhall has gotten there, that he's gone into a Pac-12 backyard and taken a player that had a number of Pac-12 offers and got him out to Charlottesville. Okay, give us your best uh, guest here, crystal ball-wise. 
JT Tui Malohau, um, number one recruited player in the nation in some services, according to some services, out of Eastside Catholic, did not sign, has not committed yet. Uh, first of all, what is the timeline for him, and where do we think he might be going? So he made the top five on last Wednesday signing day of Alabama, Ohio State, Oregon, USC, and Washington. But right now, I think those three Pac-12 schools are playing catch-up. Right now, this is a matter of the two playoff teams, Alabama and Ohio State. you got Nick Saban against Larry Johnson. Not so much Nick Saban against Ryan Day, the head coach at Ohio State, but it's Larry Johnson's track record of producing defensive linemen, whether it's Chase Young, who's the heavy favorite to win the Rookie of the Year, Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa since he's been at Ohio State, even before that, Courtney Brown, Tom Bahali, when he was at Penn State, Larry Johnson is one of the premier defensive line coaches in the last 25 years. But then you got Alabama. They're the front runner to win the national championship. They've got an offensive coordinator who spent time as the head coach at Washington, who was recruiting JT and Steve Sarkeesian. And he just got Alabama, the allure of going down and playing for the Crimson Tide in Tuscaloosa, at really was an NFL factory. You also see that the real recent increase in Polynesian players at Alabama, obviously most notably Tua Tonga-Vailoa, who won a national championship with a Heisman runner-up at Alabama. And you basically, you're, you're pitching those two schools against each other. Right now, I think ever so slightly, Ohio State leads for him, especially with his former teammate G. Scott, a freshman there, and Mecca Egbuka from Stillicum signing there. But I am not going to count at Alabama. You know, if they win the national championship, that I think even makes it more attractive. I don't see him deciding, though, before the first week in February. And it wouldn't surprise me if he took the entire two months of the National Signing Day period until April to make his decision. I'm a huge Washington Husky fan, so you kind of dashed my hopes there a little bit. But I'm, I'm going to keep my <laughs> fingers crossed anyway. We have Sam Heward anyway, right? We were at least able to get him signed the other day. That's huge because Sam is you know, as good of a quarterback as I've seen from this region in, in some time. I mean, there's been five-star quarterbacks before him with Jake Keeves, with Max Brown. With Jacob Easton, but I, I've never been more confident in a player succeeding at the next level more than I have with Sam from that quarterback group. And I think a lot of it is going to be just, you know, one of those things where I really think at the Pac 12 level, he's going to be able to flourish at the passing conference, at the quarterback conference. And I think he's one of the best quarterbacks to come into the conference in some time. And a guy who just, you know, he's used to throwing the ball. A lot of these guys. Sometimes the offense they run in high school compared to the run they run in college asks them to pass the ball more than they're used to, whereas Sam's used to throwing 40 to 50 times a game. Even if Washington goes with a more balanced attack under Jimmy Lake and John Donovan, I think Sam Heward, talent-wise, is going to give Dylan Morris a run for his money. And, you know, if you're a Washington Husky fan, you got to love the fact that, you know, you have two in-state kids battling likely for that starting quarterback job for the next couple of years. And I think – in a time where a lot of top players in the state of Washington are leaving, whether it's G. Scott last year or Mecca Buka this year, for them to be able to keep two of the better quarterbacks after a run of Easton going to Georgia to start out, keeps going to BYU, Brown going to USC, now those top quarterbacks are staying a little bit more local. Excellent. Well, we hope that, uh, that he can play the Pied Piper a little bit and get some others to follow him. And, Kate, I should ask you, because you've, you've caught passes from Sam Heward, did Dad leave anything out? Did we, pretty, did we get a good scouting report there? <laughs> one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen. Okay, yeah, and you would know. You've, you've had your hands on some of those those passes he's thrown to you. Well, again, Brandon, Cade, thank you both very much for joining us tonight. Certainly a, a treat for us. Brandon, as always, thank you for your time and for all the work that you're doing. And certainly, again, uh, and hey, one last shout-out here. If, if anybody wants to get involved with, with Avery Strong 
how would they go about getting more information? You can find us at our website, AveryStrongDITG.org, all of our social media channels, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at AveryStrongDITG. And you know, we've got some, a big announcement coming in the month of January that we're really excited about that I really think is going to allow our foundation to really take our funding and fundraising to the next level so that we can continue to fight for kids like Emily and for other families to give their child hope. And, you know, we're constantly pulling for Emily. And, you know, Steve, I know you've been a big supporter of her um, over the, the last couple of years, and we appreciate that so much because that's really what our fight's about is coming alongside others and other families to encourage them to not give up hope and to keep fighting for as long as, you know, they've got that energy to fight to keep that fight going. No, definitely. Well, the the Huffmans and the Hoods, two quality families right there, and wish everybody all the best. And, Cade, we're going to keep an eye on you at Auburn Riverside over the next few years, and hopefully next time we talk to you, we can maybe talk a little more about your football team and how things are going there. So thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you. Both of you, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, and look forward to talking to you guys again maybe in 2021. Thanks, guys. Merry Christmas. Thank you, guys. There you go. Brandon and Cade Huffman on the show. Yeah, that was fun. I, I knew yeah. I knew we'd have a good time with them. Obviously, getting a chance to go to Alaska in the <laughs> right at the solstice there, not, not a lot of daylight hours up there when you're in Anchorage during this time of year. Fortunately, they were playing in a bubble in one of those domes. Right. Saw some of the pictures online, but it, it looked a little chilly. You know, and it, it, you really think that the college coaches and the college, they're almost going to be like general managers now. Who we have to cut because you have all these guys that played, now they're getting an extra year of eligibility. Mm-hmm. So if they're not going to NFL, they're going to stay in school. And roster size, it's going to be like the NFL. In, in situations where you can actually cut. I mean, that's right. the that's the challenge, too, is that in some cases, you know, the, these, these scholarships aren't – Right. You know, it's non-negotiable. I mean, they're they're on your their roster. They want to come back. Unless you have a valid reason, you yeah. might be stuck with some of these guys. So it's going to be it's going to be a, a logjam in a lot of these schools next year. It's going to be interesting to see how how this all plays out. Let's talk Jackson Timberwolves girls basketball. Girls basketball, as well as what they're doing in the community. Looking forward to this conversation with head coach Corey Gibb coming up next. Prep Sports Weekly, right here on KRKO. Ace Hardware is a helpful place with prompt, friendly service, knowledge, and the little things that make a big difference. Service. Selection. Advice. Community involvement. Competitive prices. Convenience. Located near you. And the things you need, such as house keys, lawn and garden, plumbing, electrical, hardware, grills, outdoor living supplies, and even nuts and bolts. When you visit Ace Hardware, you'll be greeted at the door and given the help you need. So come visit us at Ace Hardware in Evergreen Way in Everett, Lake Stevens, and now Stanwood. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. Justice is easy if you know what to do. Call 800-LAW-0842. The law offices of Russell and Hill are proud sponsors of the KRKO Prep Sports Student Athlete of the Month. These student athletes have demonstrated excellence on the field of play and in the classroom. Russell and Hill believes in being part of your community and salutes those who give the extra effort. Russell and Hill will fight for you. Call 800-0842. If you're looking for a place that prints anything for any team, the place to go is Screen Printing Northwest on Colby Avenue in downtown Everett. They're the local experts for custom screen printing and embroidery. Hats, t-shirts, sweatshirts, coats, you name it, they can do it. Screen Printing Northwest has been locally owned since 1996, and they're the official screen printer of this radio station. Screen Printing Northwest, 2526 Colby Avenue, just north of Everett Avenue in downtown Everett. Go Cougs! 
jingle all the way to the bank this December at Tulalip Resort Casino. Join the Monday cash drawings to stuff your stocking with holiday riches up to $5,000. Visit the kiosk every Wednesday to add your name to Santa's list and pocket up to $2,500 each week. Earn 500 points giveaway Sundays to count down to Christmas with a free gift. Find all the details online or download the One Club Go app today. Microsoft certifications can help you take the next step in your career, and Snow Isle Libraries can help for free. Just go to snow-isle.org and click on Services, then Career and Job Help. You'll find a wealth of resources, including tutorials and online courses to get you up to speed on software from Adobe, Microsoft, and more. When you're ready to take the test, follow the instructions on the blog post. It's easy, free, and helps your resume stand out. Microsoft certifications with Snow Isle Libraries, here for you and for everyone. Snow-isle.org, click Services, then Career and Job Help. The buzz -in's always been there for you with a great deal on a great meal. And during these most recent restrictions, the Buzz Inn wants you to know that they're still there for you with to-go meals, seven days a week from 9 a.m. till 9 p.m. You can still get hand-cut Angus steaks, chicken, seafood, burgers, sandwiches, and all-day breakfast for pickup. So put down those pots and pans and pick up the phone and call ahead for pickup at the Buzz Inn. The menu is online at buzzinsteakhouse.com. The Buzz Inn, always a great deal on a great meal. It is Prep Sports Weekly here, a special Wednesday night edition. Reminder, we'll with you next Wednesday night as well because Christmas Eve Eve and New Year's Eve Eve. Tom Lafferty along with Steve Willits. I have to do math on that one. Eve <laughs> Eve. That would be the, that's tonight. That's the 23rd. The Eve, the Eve, yes. There we go. And joining us right now, the Jackson girls basketball coach, Corey Gibb. Corey, happy holidays to you and your family. How's everything going? Things are going really well, thank you. And happy holidays to the both of you. No, thank you very much. And I know you and I were texting with each other earlier this week, and it just seems so appropriate to have you on. And we're always looking for these feel-good stories this time of year. And you uh, you sent me a video uh, that you and some of the girls on your basketball team, and, and as well as the feeder program for the Jackson girls basketball team, put together. Uh, talk about that a little bit. And I guess maybe even before we get there, talk a little bit about what normally a Jackson basketball team would be doing at this time of year in order to support the community during the holiday season versus what it looks like in a 2020 COVID year and how you've had to make some adjustments to continue to, to be active? You know, normally in the past we've done, um, over the holidays, we did coat drive um, a couple years ago. We've gone out, um, and this is kind of how it started, was um, way back when, when I, went to high, when I went to college at Eastern, I lived a block away from my grandma. So this is where the video came in. Um, and so... It was very um, rewarding to be a part of her life as, as she got older. And, and so when I took over um, at Mariner, um, that was just kind of something that we started to do, was we went to a local assisted senior living center, and we would hang out with the residents and bring candy, um, candy canes and Christmas cards at Christmas time. Um, and so I just carried that with me when I went over to Jackson. And um, so the past couple years, we have gone um, – to a local assisted living center and hung out with um, the seniors that live there and gave them candy, car um, candy cards, that's not <laughs> candy canes and Christmas cards. 
and just kind of hung out for an hour, hour and a half. Um, last year, one of my players got on the piano and played some played some songs um, on the piano and stuff. And then um, this year, um, in a COVID era, um, we just we weren't able to go over and visit, but we still wanted to um, send them our our best and our greetings. Um, and I know it's hard it's hard you know this time for a lot of people, and I can't imagine you know being in a um, a senior place where you don't get your loved ones to come and visit. You know, and you look at them through the window and stuff. So we put together a holiday video, um, about a minute and a half long, of each, um, quite a few of my girls put together and what the wolf pack put together, uh, made signs. And we had three different messages. We had Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, and we had Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. So we had four. And season's greetings, too. I think it was five. Anyway, and so we split them up and... The girls made signs and then videotaped themselves, and then I cut it and put it together and then sent it over to the uh, assisted living center. And on Monday, I dropped off 128 Christmas cards and candy canes for the residents. 128 Christmas cards. So yeah, and, and, your team's and, not that big, right? No. And, <laughs> and the, usually in the past, we would take part of a – we would meet early at, before a practice, and the girls would do a handwritten – note or something we would you know like 10 cards each they'd write something in a card well i didn't have the luxury of that so i wrote in 128 christmas cards <laughs> and it, it was for it you was, though yeah, absolutely. It, you know what it was very it's a very rewarding um experience and i know they really appreciate the residents appreciate it and um you know we're just trying to trying to do our best to bring some holiday cheer to uh to whoever we can. So if anybody wants to see this video, is it available online? Can they? Um, it is. It's on my YouTube channel. Um, <laughs> I have like five people. <laughs> so we'll, I we'll try to get you to six or seven tonight. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Yeah, we, we've done a couple, actually. We did, we did the Christmas video, and then a while back we did one where we took all the girls, and they had to pretend, that, or, you know, catch a pass off screen and then make a move and then pass it off the other screen. And so we kind of did like a relay with a ball, which was kind of cool. There was like 30 of them in that one. And then um, back in the spring, we made one for essential workers, just thanking them for for continuing to keep our community going. And and uh, so we made them a video back in the spring. So and, and sh- you've got a pretty robust uh, feeder program over there at Jackson, you know, the Wolfpack program, right? We do. We I have um, I had some very ambitious moms. Um, a couple years ago, when when I first took over, and they're like, "We need a we need a feeder program." And we were talking about it and stuff. And then, two summers ago, we finally sat down and we were able to put together um, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And so, no, it's four, five, six, seven. And then this year, the eighth graders would have come up. So, um, yeah, we finally were able to restart that program after about seven years of not having it. And and so the 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 parents have been great and have been, you know, their girls are involved and we zoom with them and they're involved with everything that we do with the high school so right now so anytime we zoom or we do any videos or anything like that we always include you know girls all the way down to fifth grade so in terms of your your interaction with the jackson program and 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 the feeder program as well you you mentioned zoom meetings is there any kind of activities going on in terms of keeping players active and in shape and are are they going outside in the frigid cold and shooting baskets or Um, running drills what's going on 
You know, I'm trusting them that they are. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> Happy um, holidays, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we've had a couple Zooms. I, um, I started a Google Classroom. Uh, I can't take credit for it. Mark Hine, the boys coach in, at Lake Stevens, set it up for my freshman son at Lake Stevens. And I thought it was a great idea. And so we put together, I have a Google Classroom that I made, and I drop videos in and different training videos and, and things that the girls can look at and go out and, you know, try to work on their dribbling drills or individual moves. Um, and then just, you know, they get out and run, great. I know it's, it's a weird time, and I don't want to put any more, necessarily any more pressure on them than what they already have on them. Um, but basketball is just, you know, it's a nice release if, they, if they're able to get out and do that. So I know it's probably weird coming from a <laughs> high school coach, but I'm like, you know what, we need, we need to, you guys need to have some fun too, and you need to not just totally focus on the training portion of, of life and basketball, but we have this other, other part that we can, you know, focus on, and that's kind of the videos and, and bringing some different different things into the community. Well, hey, it's 2020, so whatever you can do to keep everybody's <laughs> psyche up and positive, and you've got to do it, right? It's Yeah. Well, and I know when you and I were texting a little bit, you, you mentioned your, your team captains and talking about how you were praising them a little bit for some of the work that they've done. Go ahead and uh, give a mention of, of some of the names and who, who they are and what they've been doing and how they've been such a vital role to this team. You know, my my captains, Emma Merwin, Abby Grayson, and Riley Mechanic have been great. They've been awesome. They, they'll they send text messages, and I know the girls get tired of hearing from me. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll shoot my captains a text, and I'll be like, hey, ladies, I really need you to kind of push this for me. And, you know, they're on it, and they, they've done a great job of getting people involved, and they're always willing to, um, you know, just kind of go the extra mile to, to include the younger girls. You know, even when we were when we were able to be in the gym, you know, they were they've always been kind of around helping the the little ones out, and and so it's been uh, it's been very rewarding to see them grow up because they started on varsity as freshmen. They were on varsity um, when I, my first year, and so it's kind of it's been fun and rewarding to watch them grow up and take more of a leadership role. And and now they're they're passing down what they know um, to the younger girls. And I I have to give Emma and Abby a shout out. Uh, in a different sense, they've, they've helped my son with Spanish. So, nice job, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> much t- much more t- important in the bigger picture in the uh, <laughs> the Gib House, right? A lot of texts going back and forth about Spanish. <laughs> nice, nicely done, ladies. Well, I should mention too; those three are are juniors, correct? So, not yeah. a, you say they're passing things down to the younger players. They're they're not exactly the uh, the elderly statesmen on the team, anyway. I mean, those aren't those are young players. They aren't, um, and I only say that because. They're juniors, and we called them the littles when they first came on as freshmen because uh, they were so tiny. Um, and it's just kind of it's, – it's been fun to watch them mature over the last couple years. And so they just have big hearts, and, and it's, it's not all about them. It's about what they can do for the club and the program. So, so. so give a shout-out to some, of the, some more of the players. Who else would we be watching if we were in a non-COVID season right now and playing basketball? Uh, you know, Mac. Um, yeah, I figured that would be the starting point. Mac right? would, be, would be one. Um, <laughs> A big one at that. Uh, I think she's, yeah, I think she's probably the the best player in Wasco. Um, I think I thought that last year. Too. How how is her recruiting going? Because she's only a jun- She's going into her junior year, right? Yeah. We just talked a- to the national recruiting uh, director for high school football, and it's not an easy time for those type. I mean, obviously Matt Koenig. I think the name is known out there. I would assume for a lot of the colleges, but she's not exactly getting a chance to showcase her abilities right now. Now I do know um, that they. She traveled quite a bit this summer and was still able to play um, in different parts of the country, so she did get some exposure. 
Um, she is so busy that I don't have a whole lot of time to talk to her. <laughs> so, <laughs> so trying to get her to, to be part of the videos and stuff was just kind of like, she, she wasn't in one, and I was like, you know what, she was back east somewhere playing. I was like, don't even worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. So I know she's out getting, um, you know, getting recruited, and, and she's she's a stud. She's really good, and, and, you know, it's unfortunate that we are where we are with COVID, but um, she would definitely be one to watch, um, not just in Wesco, but I think statewide. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, and some really good players, and obviously it's just such a strong league this year with GP bringing back just about everybody, and Lake Stevens certainly has a number of players as well. Hopefully one of these days we'll get a chance to get you guys out on the court and actually get some wins and losses and, and scores going up on the scoreboard, but fingers crossed for the time being. Um, but it sounds like you're, you're keeping the girls busy, which is which is a positive. And is everybody's morale, does it seem to be fairly high all around when you talk to the girls? Um, it seems to be. Um, you know, I think that We've had a good, we have a good relationship, so um, I think that just being open and being there for them, um, I think that says a lot, and, and not just me, but my assistant coaches as well, and, you know, we've kind of just embraced it, you know, we, there's things that we'd much rather be doing right now, but, you know, there's, we could be a whole lot worse off, too, <laughs> so, you know, we, so there's, 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 we try to find the positives in it as best as I can. So. Okay, well, before we let you go here now, I, I want to play just a quick game with you. And, put, Tom, we're going to get you involved in this as well. All Tom right. doesn't even know we're doing this. but So, Corey, Corey's somebody I follow on Facebook. We're Facebook friends here. Corey's been putting up a question of the night <laughs> for, for quite some time now. I have not missed a night. You have not I, missed one night in, like, months, right? I have not missed a night since it was March 13th. It was my son's birthday. And um, I have not – that was the first day we went out for COVID. Back, you know, the back in the spring. Right, right. And so I was like, God, everybody, you know, it's kind of down and everything. And I was, I don't even know where they come from. They just, they just. Come <laughs> well, it's kind of like the 100 questions game that I do on on my podcast when I have that going here. And so we're, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna fire a few of your own questions back at you, and Uh-oh. I just want kind of rapid <laughs> responses, and maybe we'll make Tom answer a few of these All too. Right. All right. Here we go. Question number one, Corey. First, cook the holiday dinner or clean up and do the dishes. Which do you prefer? Definitely cook. Cook. So, so who cleans? The kids. Uh, my wife. Wife and okay, the two boys. You got two sons at home, so so you. They, they load the dishwasher. Tom, are you more of a cooker or a cleaner? A cook. Cook. Okay, yeah, I'm more of a cleaner just because I can't cook, but that's another story. Okay, here we go. Mow the lawn, rake the leaves, or shovel snow. Which do you prefer, Corey? Mow the lawn. I have a writer. Okay. <laughs> Seems like an unfair answer, but okay, we'll go with it. Tom, how about you? Apartment. You, <laughs> fair. Okay, I, I was wondering if you were going to use that to get yourself out of that question, but. Okay, here we go. Uh, what would you like Santa to bring for you this year, Corey? Wow. This is your own question, by the way. Say, How do you not have an my, answer already? That's one of my questions. That's one of your questions, yeah. <laughs> I've asked so I took this straight off your Facebook remember. page. I figured you'd <laughs> think this out a little bit. You know, what I would like is to get through 2020 healthy and into next year. It's not really something that and Santa just, brings you, though. But Well, it's kind of cheating. This year, this year it is. <laughs> okay. Tom, what about you? Peace on Earth, goodwill to mm-hmm. men. You, you both kind of took an easy way out there. <laughs> favorite holiday movie and least favorite holiday movie, Corey? Die Hard. Christmas movie, right there. Yeah. <laughs> to be debated. Tom, Tom is shaking his head no, by the way. But um, And then my least favorite. Is, is your second favorite uh, Christmas movie Die Hard 2? No, that wasn't very good. <laughs> you know, I do like the Home Alone. I do like the first Home Alone. Yeah. Um, my least favorite, you guys, you guys are not going to like this answer, A Wonderful Life. It's my all-time favorite movie, by the way. I can't do it. Uh, uh, <laughs> Sorry. You're hurting me there. Tom, what about you? I have two favorites, 
for a Christmas movie, it's White Christmas, Bing Crosby, Danny Kaye, Rosemary Clooney, Vera Ellen, and the In Excelsis Deo, um, the West Wing episode. Every Christmas Eve, I watch that episode. Interesting. Okay, I've never heard that. Do you have a least favorite, or are you? I don't even know if I could choose a least favorite. No, I don't. Not really. I like all of them. I've been watching them all week, so it's kind of weird. But okay, and then finally, I, I've got to ask you this, Corey. This isn't on your list, but did I see correctly? Do you have two Christmas because of, because of my name here? Do you have two Christmas trees at your house, and did you name one of them Steve? One was Steve, and one was um, sorry, Tom. Tom. It wasn't Tom. The other one. There was, oh, God. He doesn't even know the other. He, my boys are going to be so mad. Willard or something like that. My boys named them. And so they have a, we have a kid tree in one room, and then we have the adult tree in the other. So do I, is my tree the, the kid tree or the ad, adult Yours tree? Yours is the kid tree. All right, I'll take that. Tracen named it Steve. Okay. Tra- Tracen just okay. became my favorite gift. It's out of the blue there. That's what my wife says. No, uh, okay, here's, here, I got one question for you guys. Uh-oh. Okay. Oh, you're turning the tables on I'm us tur- I'm flipping on you. This was one of my very first questions. And I remember it because I thought it was I thought it would be interesting correlation. And so just however my brain works, but when you're getting and putting your shoes and socks on, do you always start with the same shoe or sock every time or do you mix it up? Ooh. For instance, I always go left sock, right sock, left shoe, right shoe. I definitely put my socks on before my sh- both of my socks are on before either of my shoes yeah. goes on. <laughs> It's, I, I, I can't even imagine doing it the other way, to be honest with you. Well, no, no kidding. But, <laughs> but it sounds like. But it, do, you, some do, pe- do you keep track of like, like in your mind? You're like, I have to put my left one on first. No, I think I just. You know, I'm weird though because I write with my left just hand. Just stop right there. I'm weird. I'm weird though. though yeah, it yeah, explains a lot, right? I write with my left hand, but I'm right-handed. I, I can't. I can't write with my right hand, but I do. So I'm my brain's all mixed up anyway, and like Tom said, I'm just weird in general. But yeah, so I don't. I, maybe I'm not the right person to ask. But I think yeah, I put my I, I I go left before right on my left before, and then you do the same with the shoes. I do. See, if I put my right shoe on first or my right sock on, it just messes me up. It, like messes with my head. I'm superstitious or something. It's weird. Now that you mention it, I don't think I've ever done it the other way. So that would be Tom. What about you? Are you? Well, you guys have way too much spare time. Yeah, to we, think about we this. do. You, I'd like to think that. Coach, it just coach, you got to get back to work. It just back means we're school. creative, right? Let's start well, playing I, you know what? I found I found a way to save it. I took over a select. I started a select baseball team, and so I took. I'm coaching my son's 13U select baseball team through prospects. And so that's what I'm doing now in my free time. <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you're not thinking of questions like right or when left. I'm not, yeah. And, it, and someone asked me, they're like, how does this come to you? And I'm like, I don't know. It's like a genius at work. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just there. <laughs> well, I obviously enjoyed them because I, I thought it, enough of it to, uh, to, to write some of them down tonight. And I also, like I said, I, I do something similar on a podcast that we do. So, uh, Corey, thank you very much for your time. I know this is a busy time of year, although probably not as busy as you'd like it to be. But nonetheless, I know – getting the family ready and getting the, the holidays going. Uh, happy holidays to each and every one of you. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and hopefully in 2021 we'll get you back out on the court and we can talk some basketball. I'm looking forward to it. And, Tom, congrats on your Hall of Fame. I know that uh, Steve had passed along a message to you, but I wanted to tell you personally as well. So. Okay, uh, thanks. Congratulations, Tom. Thank we had a little running joke for a while. We were congratulating him every week. So. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. And Thank you. I'm looking forward to your answer for tonight's question. Steve. Oh, okay. I'll I'll have to look at it during the break here. Would you rather be best friends with Frosty or Rudolph? Ooh, I'm a fan of. Can I can't I can't be friends with both? No. Make okay. A choice. <laughs> well, the nice thing about Frosty is in the spring, out of there. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> well, right now, Frosty. I, I, last I checked, Frosty was winning. 
he had more friends. I feel like more if people wanted to be, but the Rudolph the Rudolph one was like, well, he he's friends with Santa, like he's personal friends with Santa, and he flies, and right? he flies. Okay, yeah. I'm I'm going with Rudolph for that very reason. Then I was a little bit, you know, I was thinking about the whole biting Boy, thing. Boy, look or, at the time. Yeah. <laughs> We don't clean up after Rudolph, but whatever. Poor, poor Chris King. He's, we're never going to get to him. We're talking about Frosty and Rudolph. What, what, who's Tom's? What's, what's, and he can't say Steve. So Rudolph or Frosty? Oh, Frosty. Frosty. Okay. L- limited. Limited. Oh, because he goes away for yes. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Tom likes his, he likes his space, so there we nice. go. Corey, thank you again. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Yeah, happy holidays to you guys. Thank you very much for having me on. There you go. That is Corey Gibb, head girls basketball coach at Jackson High School. What do, you, what do you think Chris King will say if we ask him between Frosty and, and Rudolph? I don't know, but let's find out. Let's do it. Chris King, the voice of the Vandals, coming up next right here on KRKO and Prep Sports Weekly. If indoor air pollution and COVID-19 have you worried about the purity of the air in your home, maybe it's time you heard about the Airs Air Scrubber from Genesis HVAC. The Air Scrubber's patented Active Pure air cleaning technology was designed by NASA and kills 99% of all surface and airborne contaminants, including COVID-19. And it attaches directly to your current HVAC furnace system ductwork. To find out more about the Aeris Air Scrubber, contact your local dealer, Genesis HVAC in Monroe, online at genesishvacr.com. At Glass by Lund, if there's one thing they've learned over the past 40 years, it's that supporting the local community is very important. That's why they're huge supporters of Wesco High School sports, especially this year. It doesn't matter when the season starts. It doesn't matter the score. Glass by Lund supports high school sports 100%. And if you need support with windows, shower doors, or skylights, residential or commercial, remember, since 1967, Glass by Lund has been here to serve in your community. To find out more, visit glassbylund.com. School is back in session, and the hometown handyman in Monroe gives a big salute to all the student-athletes out there prepping for the most unique season we've ever seen. So whether you're from Monroe or Lake Stevens, Snohomish, or anywhere really, Hometown Handyman salutes your hard work and dedication. The Hometown Handyman, proud to support local sports and happy to give back to the local community. Find out more info at hometownhandymanpnw.com. Again, hometownhandymanpnw.com. It's a calling that's kept us free. It's a place to belong. What's the calling? Being a member of the Air Force Reserve. It's doing a job that makes a difference. Serving your community and your country. It's part-time service where the impact is full-time. What's your calling? Air Force Reserve. To find out about local job opportunities with the Air Force Reserve at Joint Base lewis McCord, call 800-257-1212 or go to afreserve.com. Sponsored by the Air Force Reserve and aired in cooperation with the Washington State Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hi, I'm Brian Reed. As your local Allstate agent, providing protection that fits your life is something I take, well, personally. I am committed to learning about your needs and personalizing protection to meet them. From bundling your auto, home, and life insurance with ease to evaluating optional coverage based on your protection needs, I can build an insurance proposal that fits your life. Are you in good hands? Contact me, Brian Reed, at either of my Everett locations, 425-337-4646. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Life insurance offered through Allstate Life Insurance Company and Allstate Assurance Company, Northbrook, Illinois, and American Heritage Life Insurance Company, Jacksonville, Florida. From backyards to barnyards. (laughs) 
Since 1934, Co-op Supply is your source for everything you need to stay safe and cozy through the cold winter snap. Stock up on pellet supplies, ice melt, and fire logs. Insulate outdoor faucets with faucet covers. Check smoke, CO detectors, and flashlights and have batteries at hand. Remember to feed the birds in the winter months with a hearty supply of bird seed and suet. Visit Co-op Supply in Marysville, Arlington, Everett, and Lake Stevens for all your winter preparedness needs. For more information, visit my MyCoopSupply.com. And Prep Sports Weekly continues here on this Wednesday night. A reminder, we're back with you next Wednesday as well. Two weeks in a row on a Wednesday night instead of our usual Thursday perch. And then we'll move back after the first of the year. Tom Lafferty along with Steve Willits here on KRKO. Let's talk about the Vandals. Yeah, what does it say about me, by the way, that during the entire break I was pondering the different arguments between Frosty and (laughs) and Rudolph? I think our uh, next guest has an answer. Here's a better question. Who would you rather clean up after as a house guest? Well, maybe we won't ask him, but yeah, our next guest, Chris King, on with us right now, the voice of the Idaho Vandals football and basketball team. Chris, thank you for coming on with us tonight, and congratulations on the uh, the promotion to play-by-play for the football team. Well, thank you, and Steve, Tall Tom, it's uh, it's great to be on with you guys. Thanks for having me. Well, we were hoping to see you during the summer, obviously. We, we see you whenever the... The Dust Devils from the Tri-Cities are in town playing the Aqua Sox, and we didn't get that opportunity this year. I'm, I'm guessing a little more time on your hands, uh, time to spend with the family and to, to do some things that maybe you wouldn't normally do during the summer. Yeah, totally. I was I kept joking with my wife that it was the first summer of my adult life where I, I didn't have somewhere to be every night at 7 o'clock. It's like I, I would like look up in the sky at 7 o'clock and be like, this is so strange. There's somewhere I'm supposed to be. It was It was really different, and I'm sure you guys, uh, felt the exact same thing. It was it was different. Um, I'm glad that's behind us, and I'm just uh, I'm hopeful and optimistic about uh, uh, the season coming up in 2021. Well, I guess we should point out to people too before we talk any further about your responsibilities over at Idaho as well as the Tri Cities. We're having you on because you're a local guy, right? Right down the street here, right? Yeah. So I'm from from Marysville. Went to Marysville Pilchuck High School. It's funny. I was I was not that long ago. I was looking at a picture. Um, it was from a story in the Marysville Globe, and and Tall Tom and myself we're not uh, we're not the stars of the picture, but we're kind of we're in the background. But it's a, from a game at Marysville Pilchuck High School, and uh, Tall Tom was there doing doing the game for KRKO, and uh, I was super fortunate. Uh, uh, the program at Marysville Pilchuck High School, a program called TV3, I was able to do my first game when I was 15, and that kind of got me started. And uh, the picture is a game between Marysville Pilchuck and Snohomish from it would have been the 2004-2005 season, and it's John Brockman putting up a shot, and Jared Stoll's in the picture, too. And, I'm, you know, Tall Tom and I, are, you know, we're, we're kind of out of focus in the background, but, you know, here's a guy who went on to play in the NBA, and then Jared Stoll had a really good college career at the University of Portland. So, uh, yeah, you know, from, from Marysville, went to Marysville Pilchuck, and uh, I was lucky during when I was in high school. There was some, there was some good hoops. There was some good uh, high school uh, just, you know, sports all the way around, which, you know, has continued to be the case uh, uh, ever since, which is really fun to follow. Well, do you still get to follow it from time to time? Do you, do you keep one eye on what we're, we're doing out here in the West Coast country? Or? I, I know you're, you're a busy guy these days, but... Most definitely, yes. I'm excited. Marysville Getchell has one of the top prospects for the Major League Baseball draft coming up. I think, didn't you guys have him on recently? We had him on last week, last yeah. Last week, yeah. 
Yes, in Marysville, we've only had one guy uh, play in the major league. Larry Christensen, is, you know, as far as I know, and then you know Jake Luton, uh, you know, had playing in the NFL. I believe he's the fifth or sixth. I was looking it up when Jake Luton, uh, you know, had that start for the Jaguars, whatever it was, a month ago. Uh, yeah, so I definitely I keep an eye on the you know the Marysville the Marysville schools, and then you know keep an eye on the area as well. It was especially neat. Um, you know, it feels like a couple years ago now, but it's been you know. Trying to think off the top of my head, how many years ago when when Marysville Pilchuck, the football team, made that deep, deep run? But de- yes, definitely, I'm keeping my eye on things. And whenever I come across someone from from Marysville or from one of the West Coast schools, and uh, you know something that I cover, whether it's basketball or uh, you know baseball, it was Trent Tinglestad. I remember you know talking to him, whatever it was, two years ago with the Aqua Sox, and you know talking about Marysville. Whenever I come across anyone from the area, I seek them out and. And we talk about things back here. Yeah, it's always kind of fun when your your paths cross somewhere down the road there, especially when you're way off doing your thing over in Idaho or in, in central Washington, if you will. And it's, these uh, these Marysville folks, they kind of spread themselves out, and there's been big things coming out of here. Like you said, that football team from 2014 with Austin Joyner and some of those other other players, a lot of fun to, to cover and watch. And to, even if you're watching from afar, it's nice to be proud of the, the alma mater, if you will. And, and now you're doing some other things, so – Take us through the journey. You, you kind of mentioned already that you were involved with that program over at MP. Was this something that you wanted to do when you, even going back further than that, were you the 9- and 10-year-old kid in front of the TV at home calling games and talking about how you wanted to, to be the next Howard Cosell or the, whomever it might have been? I guess you're a little bit younger than that, but you get what I'm saying there. How, how long has this been something that you've uh, you know aspired to do? You know, I must be I must be stubborn, or I don't know how to you know do much else. But it, you know, really, as long as long as I can remember, and uh, that's why I feel so so fortunate. And uh, I'm sure, like you know, the two of you guys, and I know I've talked to Tall Tom about this before. We're so lucky in this area that you know, grow up listening to to so many outstanding broadcasters. Between you know, on the college side, Bob Robertson, who you know, I'm, I know Tall Tom has, has been able to, to meet and talk to, and I, I, probably, I don't know if you as well, Steve, in your time with the Aqua Sox from, from Bob's work in the Northwest League and Bob Rondo doing such an outstanding job, and they're just growing up listening to Dave Niehaus and Rick Riz and Kevin Calabro, um, you know, all these people that do such a great job that are, you know, that you, you look at them and you hear them and you go, gosh, how do you get to do that? Like that, that's got to be the best job. How do you get to do that? And, um, it, it made it uh, easy for me because I knew early on if I wanted to be around sports, it wasn't going to be as an athlete. So you, you try to figure out, well, how, how is that the case? And these guys have such, such a cool job. How, how do you get to do that? And uh, it was, yeah, kind of, you know, started from there and, and trying to figure out uh, to, to solve the answer to that question. This is such a cool job. How do you get to do it? And uh, I've been able to be just, Super fortunate. It started at Marysville Pilchuck High School it, with the TV3 program run by uh, Dick Walsh. And uh, just kind of from there, uh, every I've been just, you know, very, very fortunate where every door kind of leads to another door and you just you hang in there. And uh, yeah, I'm just, um, I'm, I'm counting my lucky stars. But Christmas really came early this year with, uh, with two things. One, uh, the football opportunity at Idaho. I've had a really great experience at the University of Idaho. Time really flies. I'm in my eighth year doing men's basketball there. And then, you know, on the baseball side, as you guys well know, uh, there was a, a big restructuring in baseball and, and how, uh, you know, what it would be like when the dust settled, uh, for lack of a better term, for the Dust Devils was up in the air. So having the Dust Devils uh, continue in the Northwest League and the Northwest League moving up two levels to high A, 
Um, this is especially good time to, for the way things worked out when there was, at least on the baseball side, some uncertainty and then this opportunity coming up at Idaho. And the thing about Idaho football, you don't have to wait till the fall, do you? No, and I, you know, it, it, like anything this year, you keep your fingers crossed. And I think Tulsa, I think we were I, texting about this. I was telling you this story that, you know, for for uh, basketball at Idaho, it was scheduled to start the season uh, at this um, multi-team exemption at the University of Portland. So three games in four days over Thanksgiving weekend. And uh, I was able to travel separate. Normally I travel with the team, but with everything going on this year, if I'm traveling, I'm traveling separate. And uh, I got to Portland. I had been checked in the hotel for an hour, and then all three games had been canceled. So uh, it's a strange year. And then the game against Gonzaga, the team was supposed to play Gonzaga, and then that game got canceled due to Gonzaga's COVID issues. Uh, so with football, football is set to start February 27th. Uh, it's a six-game conference schedule. And then uh, from there, if you make the FCS playoffs, but uh, fingers crossed. I'm super pumped. I'm super excited to know that that first game uh, I get to do for football is set for February 27th. And again, just keeping my fingers crossed that uh, you know everything is trending in the right direction for those games. But it's it's all systems to go uh, as of now for that uh, that first game, and it's a home game, which is especially nice against uh, Ed McCaffrey's Northern Colorado Bears. Will invade Moscow. Ed McCaffrey will be. I believe that will end up being his first game as the coach, the former Broncos wide receiver at Northern Colorado. Former Broncos wide receiver who happens to be Christian McCaffrey's father, so he's famous on a few levels there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Talk about the other night you and I were texting because the Cougars were playing the Vandals, so talk about how that all worked. It's, it is a different season. I am totally grateful for the opportunity to do games uh, but this year to do them, like I said, normally I travel with the team, uh, which is it's outstanding. And our the coaches I've worked with, I've been so lucky. Every coach I've worked with, uh, every student athlete I've been around uh, are, are outstanding. And to be able to travel with them and to, to get to know them like that is uh, is really great. But this year um, the decision was made, and I think this is for not for every college, but a lot of colleges where you know they've got their bubble and their testing regiment, and so. They, I'm not traveling, nor, you know, this year's kind of a pause where how I'd normally be traveling. Uh, but for games, I'll, I'll be doing them. If I can't drive there, then I'll be doing it remotely off of a video. And, uh, and, and that is also with the caveat if they will allow you in, depending on what the, the visiting team, their arena, their rules are, their regulations. And WSU, the Pac-12 is not allowing visiting radio, so they're not doing that for non-conference games at WSU. So I, I live in Pullman. And I can see the campus from my house. Uh, but for that game when Idaho played WSU, which is actually the, the longest continuously played college basketball rivalry west of the Mississippi between Idaho and Washington State, huh. all the way back to 1906. It helps when there's only eight miles in between the two schools. But uh, I was joking with, with Tall Tom the, the night of that game, saying that, you know, I live in Pullman. I can see the campus from my house. But I had to drive over to Moscow we have a space inside the Kibbe Dome, this room inside the Kibbe Dome with these uh, you know, TVs that are you know, mounted on the wall where that's kind of my remote spot. And I left Pullman to do the game in Moscow that was taking place in Pullman. And then the team bus was leaving too right as I was pulling in. I was just thinking to myself, this is so, this is so goofy, but that's, that's 2020 <laughs> for you, and I'm just happy to be able to do the game. The most 2020 thing ever right there. 
Well, hey, yeah, it, it felt like it. That is for sure. I'm kind of curious now because obviously growing up around here, I'm a huge University of Washington fan, and I've also followed the Cougars over the years. And for for as long as I can remember, for the most part, especially in in, in the Seattle area, we had Bob Rondo for a long time, and now it's Tony Castricone. Generally speaking, at most Division One schools, is the basketball announcer and the football announcer, the play-by-play announcers, are they, are they usually one and the same, or is it fairly common in other parts of the country to where those are two separate jobs? Typically, they, you do both. They kind of go hand-in-hand, hand, and there's some overlap in the fall. Generally, in the fall, moving forward, which I'm really excited for, is going to be crazy busy when football is winding down and then basketball is gearing up. But typically, you end up having just, you know, this situation you described with uh, Tony Castricone at University of Washington and then uh, uh, Matt Chasnow does it at Washington State, where those jobs kind of go hand in hand. Um, so, and I, it, it worked out. I, uh, so, the person I took over for is a broadcaster named Dennis Patchen, who is not only an outstanding broadcaster, but he is a, he is a Spokane sports and an inland Northwest sports institution. He is, um, I would say, we could rattle off, you know, the local TV folks in, in Seattle, and, and he's kind of all that wrapped into one in Spokane. So, again, he's a great broadcaster, and he just has his, his institutional knowledge and his history in the area um, is, is, like, unmatched. And so he had been doing football, and then he ended up getting back into doing TV for the uh, NBC affiliate KHQ in Spokane as a sports director, and also there's a channel, SWX, that they have that they do a lot of live games. So he ended up doing that. And that uh, had him too tied up to do the radio for Idaho anymore. So that's kind of what would open this up, and then uh, giving me the chance to to do to do both at Idaho moving forward. Well, so when you were initially hired eight years ago to take over the basketball announcing, was the thought, "Hey, if I stay here long enough, eventually maybe I can do the football announcing as well," or was it? I mean, obviously it had to have been somewhere in your mind at that time, right? So what was the plan all along? Or was yeah, there you know, one? <laughs> That's a very fair question. Uh, so I would say my goal has always been to do both for a school, and I've had such an outstanding experience at Idaho. Um, you just never know really where you know the stars line up where, where you get the chance to do both. And I was doing women's basketball at Boise State um, before that. I just missed the, the Palcoa sisters who did such an outstanding job there at Boise State, and that's been a really great uh, women's basketball program. Same at Idaho, too. The state of Idaho has had some really good women's basketball programs. And, um, yeah, so, you know, I went to Idaho for the chance to do men's basketball and with the hope that someday, wherever that may be, uh, that I could do football and men's basketball out of school. And um, I really, really, really wanted to stay in the Northwest. And, there's, you know, there's not many there's not many of these opportunities to you just – I, when I talk to people, I kind of jokingly say it's almost like you're a, you're a judge in a way, or you're a, you're a justice. Where you, you once you get once you get the seat, once you become a judge, you know you, you kind of have it for a while. So you just don't, which is great when you have the job. But you, you know when you're trying to maybe plan and think like, oh, you know where is it? Well, where will that next opportunity be? You just don't know because there's so few of them. And I know I'm telling you guys stuff you already know. There's so few of them, and they they come up so infrequently. So you. You know, I, I didn't know. I just knew I really loved my experience at the University of Idaho and continued to love it. And, uh, you know, in, that, the, in the back of my mind, wherever that opportunity would come, I wanted to do football and basketball. And I'm super thankful that that happened at, at Idaho. Now, Steve, have you ever uh, – uh, uh, I'm going to go back. Uh, Chris, I took Steve up. We went up to Darrington. To a, had you ever been to a game in Darrington? 
Steve? I haven't. Or I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Chris. Familiar with it. I'm familiar with it, but I haven't been able to go to. A, I haven't been to a game to myself. The home of the loggers, right? Darrington oh, loggers. Are you going? Are you about to compare the Kibi Dome to? Darrington? No, no, not the Kibi okay. Dome. <laughs> Memorial Gym over M Gym. Yes. What an outstandingly gorgeous place that is. Oh, I love see and people. So it, it's been a goofy setup at the University of Idaho, and it's and I have no complaints, but it's getting a lot better. There's this brand. There's a brand new basketball arena that is that is going up, and it will open next year. The ICCU arena cost over forty million dollars. This thing is state of the art. It is going to be outstanding. Uh, so I'm I'm just over the moon thinking about the future of Idaho basketball because there's. Brand new arena that's being built right next to the Kibbe Dome that opens next year. With that, uh, leading up into this year, that basketball would split time in the Kibbe Dome. So when football would be done, they would have the Kibbe Dome. They would build it and create a basketball structure, and they would call it the Cowan Spectrum. They would build it within the Kibbe Dome. But when football was taking place, games were, were played in Memorial Gym. And this year, all the games, because there are no fans, just to keep it simple, are being played at Memorial Gym, and it was built back in the the 19-teens. Um, I'm 99% sure on that. And I mean, it's hosted the NCAA Boxing Championships back in the 50s, and it really is tall. Tom mentioned it is. Sometimes you go to smaller venues, like you know, we we play every year at Sacramento State, and no knock on Sacramento State's venue, but it it kind of feels like a junior high gym. There's, I mean, there's just not a lot of feel to it. But you go to to Mem Gym, and it's smaller, but it just the, the walls are dripping with history and character, so it's kind of a bummer that uh, there won't be any games at Mem Gym moving forward. But the volleyball program will be there full time, so Mem Gym's not going anywhere. But it's a really, really cool uh, facility that has so much history. Well, it looks like St. Patrick's Cathedral outside. Mm-hmm. Exactly, <laughs> uh, Steve. I'm not is that kidding. The look they were going for. Yeah, That's that, interesting. It's beautiful. Uh, it's just well, beautiful. now that we know that Chris is going to be calling games over we're there, going. Well, well, he was already calling basketball games. Road trip. We'll have to get over there for not probably anytime soon here, but certainly next year that might be something on the docket then for us. Well, well, Chris, I gotta, I gotta ask you a tough question: baseball, basketball, football. You do all three. Do you have a preference? That would be like, see, if in my mind, that's like if you ask a parent with three children. Yeah, I thought say, about Which that. One of your children <laughs> you like better? It is like no. I mean, the, I the way I look at it is there's in the summer there's nowhere I'd rather be than the ballpark. In the fall there's nowhere I'd rather be than, a, than the stadium for football. And then in in the winter there's nowhere I'd rather be than the arena or or Mem Gym or wherever that might be. Um, it's uh, they all they all are so much fun and they're their own. Uh, special, you know, in their own different way. It's, uh, yeah, every, each time of year, it's just I'm fired up for that season. Well, now, and you mentioned the summer, so you do spend your summers over in, in the Tri-Cities doing the Dust Devil games. I'm not a geography major, but I do know that it's not exactly a hop, skip, and a jump from Pullman. So so how does that work? And now with the longer extended season now, uh, what what does the future look like for you there? Are you going to continue to do the games? It's a, good, it's a good question. So I'm incredibly fortunate. I have, we've such a great ownership group and it's such a great operation in the tri-cities where i've worked there since 2012 and i have the same bosses i have you know the people i deal with are the exact same and you guys know i mean minor league sports there can be a lot of changes um i know you know between everett is you know a really good operation and and the tri-cities a really good operation but it's you know there's not necessarily a guarantee that that's the case across the board um so that's definitely my plan is to do it moving forward i mean the number of games could, you know, pose some challenges, and there could, could be some overlap with football and 
you know, some of that stuff is still to be determined. And, you know, just I think the length of the 2021 season is still to be determined. So, you know, that's kind of a question for down the road. But um, I'm definitely, you know, hoping to, to keep doing it. And, and those, I, I, when I told the folks with the Dust Devils that I got the Idaho football job, they were some of the most fired up, you know, out of anyone I was able to tell. They, they couldn't have been more fired up. They were super excited for me. And uh, I just very fortunate to work for such great people. So and it has how it's worked in the past is I've I basically I've lived there for the summer. I kind of I joke I, I, I lay my head down for about 45 nights in the Tri-City. So even though I'm there during the summer and I've been there for what eight summers now and something like that. Um, I, I don't really see much of the Tri-Cities. I'm there, and then, you know, you travel with the team and, and on the road uh, during the rest of the season. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I summer in the Tri-Cities. I go to where it's 107 degrees at first pitch <laughs> at 7.15. I think I got that backwards a little bit at times when it's so hot there. But it's, it's been a great spot, and I've, had, I've really had just a great experience not only with the team, but, uh, but the Tri-Cities in general. It's been outstanding, and time really flies. It's been since 20, 2012, and uh, it seems like just yesterday. Yeah, fantastic baseball community over there, and obviously Giza Stadium, just a beautiful place to see baseball. And I was, so I, I was happy to hear that answer. We want to make sure we keep you around there because we like seeing you come back up to our neck of the woods here in Everett for the uh, for the Aqua Sox game. So, and glad by the way that uh, Tri Cities made the cut. I know that was kind of a question for a while there. So I'm sure you were a little bit nervous uh, for for a few months there, and to finally see their name and to see the invite uh, get sent out there, I've got to think that was a huge sigh of relief for you. Totally, it really was, and I and I kept the faith kind of from the beginning because that they. They leaked that initial hit list, you know, for teams that, you know, might be, you know, not affiliated moving forward. That was 13 months ago, and the Dust Devils were on it. But I don't know. I just, when push came to shove, I, you know, I, I kind of kept the faith just knowing what a good operation and all the pluses the Tri-Cities had going for it. But, uh, and I've got to say, too, I, you know, growing up in Marysville, I went to, I could go find all my old ticket stubs going to just countless games in such a part uh, my childhood going to Aquasox games was and listening to, to Tall Tom and getting, being able to know Tall Tom um, is, you know, is such a thrill and continues to be who does. I mean, Tall Tom you know, is an institution, um, and, uh, and to be able to talk to both of you guys and what a great job you do, Steve, and, uh, and then you know, being able to, to, to visit and know Pat Dillon um, is, you know, it's, I love being able to come back to Everett uh, every single time, and my family gets to, to come to the games, and uh, I could uh, I could bore you guys. I've got a bunch of old cards too. What I used to do growing up is whenever the visiting team, whoever their coaches were, I would find if guys who played in the big leagues, and I would find their cards and I would hunt them down so they would autograph my cards. So guys like uh, Mitch Webster and Keith Comstock, I got a bunch of their autographs around here. I would get so excited when those guys would come because I'd find their cards and and have them sign it. By, by the way, I've been calling you the Hall of Famer for the last few months. Should I start using institution instead? That means you're old. Is what that? <laughs> well, means. I know that's why I kind of like it, but I might have to roll with that. Well, Hall, I mean, you can't, I both work. Can't argue with Hall of Famer. The yeah. Hall of Famer is is true and accurate, but uh, that one it's it's hard to top that. They, they both have a nice ring to it, and, and certainly for as young as you are, you've kind of become an institution in, in two states, really, in Washington and, and in Idaho. And Kristen, we certainly have enjoyed talking with you. And we, we can't let you go without asking a few questions here. Obviously, you, you were listening to us right before the break uh, during the last segment. We never did hear your answer. Are you? Would you rather be friends, best friends with Rudolph or with Frosty? You know, I would say I, I follow Tall Tom's logic on this. I would think, if, if, correct me if I have this wrong, but Frosty, he's great. 
you, you, you know, he comes and goes, and then you're excited to see him when he comes back next. So that that sounds that sounds about right. Frost Frosty is the winner. Okay, well, it sounds sounded like Frosty was winning the vote anyway on Corey Gibbs' end, so we'll go with that. And I actually had a fun question for you from my standpoint, even before we started talking about all the Christmas stuff, because as it would as it would work out, as I was starting to kind of do a little research last night and Googling a few things, I, I always get a little sidetracked, and it, you know the Internet tends to do that to me, especially when I'm on social media. As I'm sitting there last night with a pic, uh, piece of paper in front of me that says Chris King's name on it in big letters, I'm going through Twitter, and I come across this article that CNN had, and I don't know if you saw this yesterday, but apparently Chris Pratt, another local here from Lake Stevens, mm-hmm. Chris Pratt is playing in a fantasy football league right now. It's a it's a charity league, so they're they're playing for for money, but the money's all going to their their own preferred charity. And for Chris, he's playing actually for Washington Special Olympics, showing uh, showing true to his roots there. And apparently he's having a pretty nice season. He made it to the championship game, and I think along the way he's beat Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth, and he's now bragging online and on, on social media that. He's he's the better of the Chris's in Hollywood right now. He's he's the num- the number one Chris right now. So I guess it begs the question, Chris King, who is Chris King's favorite celebrity Chris? Oh, it would have to be Chris Pratt. I mean, the Snohomish County connection, Lake Stevens wrestling, correct me if I'm wrong. Absolutely, this, yep. But, and football. Um, and and uh uh Andy Dwyer from Parks and Rec. That that uh not only of all those Chris's, that's my favorite character that uh, any of those uh, actors have played, but uh, you throw that in. He already had it with the Snohomish County connection, but you throw in his role from Parks and Rec, and he is he is uh, head and shoulders above the rest in my eyes. So, do we have a top three? Can you name a couple other Chris's, or are you, is that? Oh my goodness! Putting Let's you on the spot here. here, and you can't oh say Chris God. Kringle on on December twenty third. We're not going to give you that one either. See your see, Chris Kringle, boy, who who am I? Uh... You got you know locally you got Chris Cornell obviously if you're a sports oh, okay, fan Chris yes, Carter yes. Chris Bosch Chris Paul Chris Everett Chris, uh, Chris Jenner Chris Cornell a couple I think it was last it was last year at this time I was coming back from uh, where were where were we usually the team Idaho has always been on the road right before uh, Christmas so then everyone kind of goes back and I'm trying to remember last year uh, but Chris Carter we saw Chris Carter at the airport where I kind of elbowed one of our assistant coaches I was like hey there's Chris Carter right there. Um, we were at the Minnesota airport, where so it's uh, uh, there in Minneapolis, so that made sense. But even that, he goes down. So Chris Cornell, Soundgarden. There we Chris go. Chris Cornell, number two. And then uh, Chris Carter well, gets an asterisk anyway because he's C R I S, just for the record. But that's true. Yeah, that's true. That kind of spelling, yes. Yeah, you gotta have the you gotta have the H in there to be considered. Well, we like to ask the provocative questions on the show here the ones that really matter most so i'm appreciating you for for taking the time to answer the chris question for us but chris again uh just exciting news for us obviously when tom and i both saw it i think we kind of looked at each other and we're texting and we got to bring chris king on the show because as much as we enjoy talking with you and as talented talented as you are and tom can certainly speak to this more than i can he's known you longer but just every interaction i've ever had with you over at the baseball park always a positive person always upbeat just very likable and uh, easy guy to cheer for. So for you to uh, to get that job over at Idaho, I could not be happier for you and certainly well-deserved too. So congratulations to you, one of our very own here in Snohomish County, getting the job as the play-by-play announcer for the University of Idaho football team to go along with the basketball job and the Tri-Cities Dust Devils. Very cool. Well, that's very kind of you to say, stay, stay, Steve. And, yeah, thank you. You guys do not only an outstanding job with this show, but uh, I love getting to, to see you guys every summer and, and now uh, into spring. So, uh 
next time uh, I'm excited to see next time in person we'll be out at the ballpark and uh, nothing is wrong with the world all is right with the world when we're we're out at the ballpark so I can't wait and uh, yeah thanks so much for having me on oh thank you and happy holidays Merry Christmas Happy New Year to you your wife and the rest of your family I appreciate it same to you guys yeah we'll, we'll talk soon there you go that is Chris King from Marysville Pilchuck High School and Idaho and the Tri-Cities do you have a favorite Chris by the way I don't I thought maybe you were going to say Chris King. But. Well, okay, well, okay. He's yeah, a celebrity in his own right, right? Embarrassed me in front of our friends. <laughs> well, he's off the air now. But. <laughs> Today's show brought to you by Allstate Insurance Agent Brian Reed, Everett Safe and Lock, Ace Hardware Stores in Lake Stevens, Everett and Stanwood, Glass by Lund, The Buzz In Steakhouse, The Law Office of Russell and Hill, Screen Printing Northwest, and Hometown Handyman. Who did we have on the show tonight? On the show tonight, we had the Huffmans. Brandon Huffman, who is the national recruiting editor for 24-7 Sports, along with his son, Cade Huffman, who works with Dad. We also talked to Corey Gibb, the girls basketball coach at Jackson High School. And then finally, Chris King from the University of Idaho, football and basketball, as well as the Tri-Cities Dust Devils. Oh, by the way, other accept- acceptable answers, Chris Carson, Chris Pine, Christopher Watkins, Chris Farley, Chris O'Donnell, Christopher Reeves, Christopher Lloyd. You get the picture. You can go to EverettPost.com. We'll have a podcast of today's show and all of our shows. We're back with you next Wednesday night on New Year's Eve Eve. For Steve Willett, I'm Tom Lafferty. Prep Sports Weekly on KRKL. Good night from Everett. KRKO Everett. K237GN AM 1380 and FM 95.3. Your music. James Taylor, Chicago. Beatles. Huey Lewis. Now, more of Everett's greatest hits. KRKO. Western boy on his own She took his hand and she led him along that golden beach They watched the waves tumble over the sand They drove for miles and miles of those twisting turning roads
Bob Seger, Hollywood Nights.